The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today for another wonderful episode. I have an amazing guest in store for you. It's going to be a fun, lively conversation. You're going to love this woman, and uh, we're going to have a great time together. A couple of quick announcements before we get started. We are adding more shows to the network. Yes, talkradio.nyc is continuing to grow and expand i hope you've had a chance to catch uh coffee talk xl on tuesday evenings at 8 p.m kevin barbaro has come back to the station he's started his show last week and uh, next week Dr. Tara Lynn Curry Avery, known as Dr. TLC, is going to be starting with her show, uh, Dismantle Racism, right before the Conscious Consultant Hour on talkradio.nyc. So at 11 a.m. Eastern time to 12, uh, she's going to have the slot right before me. So if you can, tune in a little bit early and you can catch the, you know her show as well. And uh, Frank Harrison, who used to do a show, Frank About Health, he's coming back to the network. And... Uh, uh, Johnny Tsunami, who had been a guest on Stephen Fry's show, Always Fridays, coming onto the network to do a show called Planet Pakalolo. Um, so uh, if you have not yet signed up for our newsletter, go to talkradio.nyc, sign up, j- click on the button that says join the tribe, sign up for our newsletter so you can keep up to date on all of these exciting uh, updates and changes and uh, just so, so much going on. Uh, it, it's I'm really thrilled to see the network growing as much as it is. And and even after those shows, it feels like there, there's more shows and more shows piling up. So our schedule is going to get really full. All right. So let's get started with today's show with, of course, a little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, for those of you who haven't been tuning in for a while, oops, wrong. Uh, you know that I've uh, stopped doing my quotes of the day from the universe and Abraham, and I'm just taking a little piece of my book and, and sharing it with you each week. And so this week's section is called Feeling Safe is Essential for Us to Grow and Be Authentic. Feeling safe is more important than we think. Feeling safe is about more than our environment. Feeling safe involves more than just the people we're surrounded by. Feeling safe is essential for us to grow and be authentic. Feeling safe is essential for us to heal if we feel damaged. As human beings, we get shocked by many things. Our nervous system responds to all sorts of stimuli. Someone yelling at us on the phone, for example, can be a disturbing experience and makes us feel unsafe to do business with that person. 
A stranger's energy when they walk into an elevator with us can make us feel unsafe. A dark and deserted place can make us feel unsafe as well. But we can also feel unsafe with our family, our colleagues, our clients. What triggers one person may not be what triggers someone else. As individuals, we have different associations and experiences. Do we really know when we make someone else feel unsafe? Conversely, are we aware of what we do for others that makes them feel safe? Without feeling safe, we cannot relax. Without feeling safe, we cannot allow ourselves to show how we really feel inside. Without feeling safe, we cannot begin healing. What we often overlook, however, is that we have to feel safe with ourselves first before we can feel safe with someone else. Sometimes we don't even consider what situations we need to be in to feel safe. Do we feel safe with our families? Do we feel safe with our friends? Do we feel safe in our work environment? What is the solution when we don't feel safe? Change where we are. Change who we are with. Change what we are experiencing. When we find a moment's peace, then we can begin to look at what we truly need to feel safe. When we are alone and present to ourselves, then we can feel into our bodies and see where there is tension or concern. Knowing that we need to feel safe is important in helping us to know how to create safety for others. If we would all keep in mind what it means to feel safe and how to create safety around us, perhaps we could create a safer world. Can you be a little kinder to the people around you? Can you be a little more sensitive to someone's reaction to you to sense their lack of safety? Maybe it is in their tone of voice or body language. Notice it. Feel it. Think about what you would want to feel safe in a safe situation. A little consideration can go a long way. So, um, this particular uh, section of my book, this blog that I wrote a number of years ago, really kind of came to me when I began to understand on a deeper level, just for my own healing and also for others, how important feeling safe is to do that deep inner work, to unwind trauma, to, to really feel okay to, to do some of this, this internal uh, exploration to help us to be better in our lives. And, and it happened, it was quite interesting that um, with the shamanic work that I do, I was working with this one client and I'd worked with her a number of times in group at other places and different settings. And then one weekend we did a small a ceremony in her own apartment, just like her, me, my wife, and another friend. And for some reason, in that particular ceremony, she went so deep into her process. And it was interesting, because usually she either doesn't feel anything, or like, just totally goes out like a light, like she has a hard time kind of being in that place where she's feeling something 
um, but is being maybe uncomfortable and, and, and working through stuff. And, and I never saw her be so present yet be so uncomfortable like I did in that particular weekend. And, and then I began to think about, well, why is it? And I realized, well, look, it's her own apartment. It's her own home. Where else do we feel more safe than in our own house, our own home? And then I started to look at when I do my own work, you know, and, and, and I've mentioned many times before the type of work I do, I tend to do in group, in community, because I believe that when we do our healing work with other people, because a lot of our trauma comes from other people, it actually accelerates the experience. And I realized that when I'm with people that I don't know, or if I'm in a situation where I'm, I don't feel quite safe enough. And, and oftentimes it's not an intellectual thing. It's not something that I'm thinking to myself, oh, I don't feel safe, so I can't go deep. It, 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 it's more a visceral feeling of just something doesn't feel right. Something's a little bit off. And so I may do some work, but it's, it's not quite as deep. But when, when I'm in a situation where I feel comfortable with the people I'm with, when I'm in, in an environment I feel comfortable with, that then I can really dive in deeper and be more vulnerable, you know, be truer to what is, is what issues I have, what's making me feel uncomfortable, what, what makes me feel anxious or nervous or, or whatever. And so it really began to dawn on me that this, this feeling of safety is so much more important than we really give it credit for. And then I realized like it, it doesn't just matter in, in these situations where we're doing our own healing work. It, it matters in our situations when we're working with somebody, when we're, we're a coworker with someone working on a project, like when there's not this feeling of safety, we don't really show up as authentically as we could. And we don't really put most of ourselves into the situation because when we don't feel safe, we always hold back a little bit. We, we, we don't fully commit be, because there is this underlying little tension, this underlying little thing of like, mm, I just don't know. So that's why I, I, I wrote this particular section to really help bring into awareness this idea and the importance of feeling safe, just so that we can bring it to our own consciousness a little bit more and be aware of it for, our, for when we feel safe or not. And that as we're able to track over time what things make us feel safe and what things don't make us feel safe, that then we can sort of cultivate, well, how do I help others to feel safe? How do I need to show up? What, what can I do to the environment to help somebody who's maybe in a vulnerable position feel safer so that they can do their own deep inner work and they can show up more fully, more vulnerably. So I, I'm, I, I really love this particular section. And I just, my, my, I guess, homework, if you want to call it that, or, or the takeaway from it, I would say is in your own life, just notice for yourself, just ask yourself the question, am I feeling safe or am I not feeling safe? And, and if I am one or the other, what is it that's not, that's either not making me feel safe or what is it that is making me feel safe? 
and notice sort of over time what kind of answers come to you. And, and I'll be really curious. And, and if, you know, for my loyal listeners who tune in every week, like, let me know on the Facebook live, or if you want to email me, email me at Sam at the com, and let me know what kinds of things do you notice makes you feel safe? What kinds of things don't make you feel safe? And maybe in the future, we'll, we'll do a show uh, just on this whole idea of, of feeling safe. All right. Wonderful. Um, there was a little bit bigger section than, than usual. It's actually one of the longer sections, but it's an important topic. So I um, hope you all like that. Uh, um, I really like it. And, you know, it's so funny. I really, they, they're just kind of, I'm just going through the book like a page at a time, but they tend to be pretty apropos for the guest that I have on that week. So it is my pleasure to now introduce to you R.V. Robinson, who is a dear friend, and I'm very grateful that you take the time to come on today. And R.V. is a master speaker trainer and international speaker, and she's the author of the best-selling book, Speak Up, Get Clients. She teaches business owners how to use public speaking as a marketing strategy so they can attract more clients, generate unlimited leads, grow their business, and make a difference with their words. She has trained over 5,000 individuals and given over 3,500 speeches around the world. She's no slouch and has shared the stage with amazing speaking giants such as Mark Victor Hansen, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, Tommy Hopkins, Laurel Langemile. I'm actually going to have Laurel on my show at the, uh, towards the end of the year, Sharon Lecter and many others. I've had Sharon on my show many years ago and, and she's a top how-to trainer in public speaking today and it's my pleasure to welcome her to the Conscious Consultant Hour today. Welcome, RV. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sam. It's great to be here. I love your topic about feeling safe because so many people do not feel safe stepping on stages and speaking. So perfect, perfect topic to uh, you know launch us into our conversation today. Yes, yes, wonderful, wonderful. I, I uh, it, it's really funny. I mean, I, 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 I didn't cherry pick this. This is just like the next one that comes up. So I, I and and that's why I thought it's rather apropos because. A lot about speaking, first feeling safe on stage, and then helping the people you're speaking in front of feel safe as well with what you're talking about, right? Right. Being safe with your own message and maybe your own vulnerability of delivering that message. So very good. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, we have to take our first break. Um, but when we come back, I would love to hear a bit about sort of your journey of how you became a master speaker and speaker trainer. Like when you were a little girl, were you like the one in front of the class talking all the time or not? Not at all. It was yeah. sheer, sheer accident. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, listen, we're, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're, we're going to hear your story and, and we'll get into everything, including talking about your book, Speak Up, Get Clients. And so everybody, you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking today with master speaker trainer, R.V. Robinson. Hey, by the way, R.V., I love that dress on you. It's a beautiful red dress. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So so, going back to kind of like your background, like how did you get into doing all this speaking stuff? I mean, was this something that kind of was part of you from the time you were a kid or was this something that more developed later in life? It more developed in life. But yes, I was a talker in school. Ah. (laughs) That was always on my report card. She talks too much. But but it actually happened by accident. So uh, my degree is in information systems. I went to college for, uh, you know, a systems degree. So I'm half geek. And I went to work for a company back in the 80s by the name of Deloitte, right? Oh, Deloitte too, sure. Yes, big international. Then it was Deloitte Haskins and Sales, but big big international firm. And my boss came to me and my job was to set up financial accounting systems and train controllers and CFOs how to automate. Because back then, you know, unless you were a fortune you know, 400, 500 company, you couldn't afford computerized accounting. So uh, when microcomputers first came out, yes. 
I, I just have to say we, we, we have so much in common because my degree is in computer science, oh. but I was working at a bank while I was still getting my degree. And before I graduated, I transferred into a cash management department that just was coming out with their microcomputer versions of like their cash management systems. And I was going around training CFOs and uh, 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 assistant vice presidents and stuff on and how to move from these dumb terminal systems to these microcomputer systems. So I'm totally with you. Beautiful. That's exactly what I did. So was your first system a like dual floppy? (laughs) Oh, no, it was. It was actually the IBM XT. It was the first uh, PC with a hard drive in it. Woo! About 10 (laughs) megabytes. We thought we died and we could have them, right? Right. Right. So my boss came to me one day and he said, Arvie, I want you to get out there and start speaking and tell people that we're offering this brand new service. And I thought to myself, Sam, I thought, well, I took one speech class in college. I was good to go. I knew everything there was to know about public speaking. Or so I thought, well, after several attempts, I didn't land any projects, not one client. And I knew if I didn't do something quickly, I could lose this job. And I didn't know what I was doing wrong, but I knew something wasn't right. And then one day, this woman comes up to me after one of my talks, because I had a lot of opportunities to speak because of Deloitte, a lot of doors open, but I just wasn't getting any results. And so this woman comes up to me at the end of my talk, and I thought, oh, I must be getting better. And she looked at me, she said, honey, she says, I hate to tell you this. And I'm like thinking, then don't. And she goes, she goes honey, I hate to tell you this, but did you know that after every sentence, you say, okay. And I just looked at her, Sam, and the only thing I kept thinking of saying was, okay, 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 right? (laughs) And so I got it in that moment that I was the problem, that just because I could speak didn't make me a public speaker. There's a difference. And so I decided that I was going to respect public speaking and get trained. And so I did. I you know, went to any seminar that had speaking or communication in it. I checked out books out of the library. I hired mentors and coaches. And then it wasn't long before as I got better with speaking, my clients got better. I landed better clients as I got better. And then I discovered that I could use public speaking for upward mobility in my company and get promotions and raises because I was working with a lot of CPAs, which are very, you know, introverted and shy and I wasn't. So I had a 23 year career and I reached the top that I could go and life was great. And then bam, I reached the very top and I realized that there was nowhere else to go. That I was a manager now, senior manager, pushing paper, doing evaluations. I was no longer blazing trails, doing the dream, you know, interacting and, and training clients. And so I decided, you know, it's time to make a change. Plus, my industry was full of all kinds of different consultants and people. So I was not the trailblazer anymore. So I decided it was time to make a change, but I didn't know what kind of change to make 23 years right out of college. But during that time, as I was speaking, I was also training other people to speak, my colleagues, because they saw what I was doing. So I began to train them. And so when it came time to leave, I said, you know, okay, all right, Lord, what do I do? Right? What's my next step? And he said, teach others what I've taught you. And I knew what he meant. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Um, oops, I think we you froze there for a second. Um, it's so interesting and, and really parallel. The difference between you and me, RV, was just that when I was in college, a friend invited me to the speech and debate team. And yeah. that's how I got my start in doing public speaking. And I still remember that very first talk that I gave. Ooh. I had everything written out on an index card and I could barely read my handwriting. And it was the worst speech I ever gave. <laughs> but that's the good news because it was the worst one I ever did. And I just got better and I really enjoyed it. And then when I graduated um, and, and I was doing this like technical training in the bank, but I, I, I like moved around, but then I moved to a different bank and a different job. And then I wasn't doing trainings anymore, but I really liked it. So to keep it going, I joined Toastmasters. And, and that's when I joined Toastmasters. Then I learned about the ums and the ahs and the, the, those kinds of things that really help to help you to be more polished or more professional when you're speaking in front of others. And aware, right. I, I uh, When I was in corporate America, that's one of the things I did was uh, join Toastmasters. So anyway, so 17 years ago, almost 18, I left that world and started my own entrepreneurial business, which, as you mentioned in, in the introduction, I trained over 5,000 people and given speeches all over the world. And I don't say that to impress anybody. I say it because that can happen to anybody, right? right. That can happen to anybody. I just chose public speaking as my vehicle in my life. And of course, it's, uh, you know, it's a great way to get clients. And that's what my book is about. And I'm, I'm curious, when you left the corporate world to, to have your own business, were you nervous about that decision? Was it a difficult decision to make? Oh, or was it just the next natural step for you? Oh, Sam, it was horrible because I loved my boss. I love my oh. boss. And I hated to go and tell him. And so uh, I prayed for strength and I chickened out. I was going to go October 31st. It was a Friday and I was going to march into his office because my boss was the managing partner. So I was going to march into his office and tell him that, you know, I was going to leave and start my own entrepreneur business and all this. And I chickened out. I'm telling you, Sam, I chickened and I didn't go back into the office. Monday morning. Now, remember, I'm praying about this. I'm praying for strength. Monday morning, I walk in there. I walk into my office and I get a phone call from the managing partner to come into his office. Uh. Yeah, I go into his office and he says, Harvey, we're letting go of your department. You're letting go. I was like, "Ah, what? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I couldn't believe it. But see, God was telling me, hey, I'm not going to wait. This is it. This is where you need to be and where I need you to be. And this is your calling and your mission from now on. So the blessing was, is, of course, I could collect unemployment. But boy, I sure didn't see that coming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so funny how like that works out. It's like you want to do something, but you're a little bit afraid and then the life just kind of pushes you and says nope you're doing this yeah you're doing this no matter what so yeah and and so when you (laughs) first started did you first start like doing classes and like training groups together or working with individuals in the beginning uh you know what a very good question i started coaching and i also started a workshop like my workshop back then this is just to tell you my workshop back then was a two-day for 259 dollars why 259 i have no idea now the same training is a four-day and it's uh four thousand dollars 
you know, because yeah. I've developed, I've developed right. and, it, and it's a masterpiece now. But the thing of it is, and I want to share this really important, is that I hired a mentor. That's the first thing I did and the best thing I did, because when I was in corporate America and part of the reason I think that my, you know, my boss did leave my let my partner go, my department goes, because for six months emotionally, I was not present. You know, I was creating my logo. I was doing all this side stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so emotionally, I was gone. I wasn't producing. You know, I thought I was covering it up real well, but obviously Mm -hmm. not. And so one of the things I would do is go to these seminars. And so I met my my then mentor and I hired him for a year because I knew nothing about being an entrepreneur, nothing at all. And that's the best decision I ever made because he he was telling me, you know, go out, you know, create an easing, an article, get on article directors, directories back then, do some teleclasses. I mean, I didn't know any. It was a whole new world. So my advice to anybody that's listening is get a coach, get a mentor and get one for a, a length of time. And, right. and again, I was blessed to have hired him. Uh, for for a year at the time. You know, it, it's interesting because about two, three years ago, maybe a little bit more, about three, maybe four years ago, I started looking at, you know, doing more public speaking and, and sort of getting back into it. And I went to the meetings of the local chapter of the National Speakers Association mm-hmm. here in New York City. And I know, and I knew, and it was a huge meeting. I mean, the New York City chapter of the NSA, you can imagine it had, yeah. I mean, yeah. over 50 people in the meeting and like amazing, really good speakers. And I knew many of them from networking and stuff. And so they would have like professional speakers come and talk about the speaking business. And after going to a few meetings, I began to realize like, oh my God, like just speaking is a whole business in and of itself. Like I always thought, well, this is something people did in addition to coaching and consulting and and selling your book and stuff. But it's like, but, but just speaking itself, there's so much to it. And there's so many aspects to it, the the contracts and agreements and and setting up the room and and knowing all this stuff. It's, It's just that one piece is a whole business, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, um, you you know, it depends if you want to go into that side of the business or if you have your own business and you just want to use speaking to get more business. And that's what I specialize in, because that's what happened to me when I was in corporate America. I used it to get clients. So it's a natural progression for me to come out, come out and then teach others what I learned in corporate America so many years. I've been speaking speaking over 30 years to get clients and grow my business. And I've been teaching other people how to do that for over 17. So that's my specialty. I never did go into, you know, being that high paid professional speaker because a lot of, uh, you know, as you know, a lot of people aren't paying for speakers like they used to, but also it's like, how many speaking engagements can you get? I find that when you have your own business and you sell your products and services, mm-hmm. your, your fee is unlimited. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, the growth potential is unlimited. You're not mm-hmm. limited to, you know, 10,000 a speech or 30,000 a speech. Do you realize that the, that the guy would, um, and again, speaking fees have reduced over, you know, the, this past, you know, the pandemic and everything, but do you realize that the guy from, um, 
Zappo, the mm-hmm. the uh, CFO from Zappo, he gets seventy five thousand dollars per speech. Why? Because he doesn't want to speak. He's not a speaker, but everybody wants to pick his brain. So he keeps raising, raising, raising his his price. So he's one of the highest paid uh, speakers out there. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. It's time for us to take another break. When we come back, I'd like to get a little bit more into how has the speaking industry changed over the last 17 years? Because even before the pandemic, things were already changing with the speaking business. And then it's changed a lot during the pandemic. And then um, let's get into your book a little bit. Okay. I'd love to. Awesome. All right. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And if you have any questions or comments, please post them in the Facebook Live. I'm sure my loyal listeners are out there. Let me know you're, you're listening and what questions you have. We'll get to them during the show. So everybody, please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. And 
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Before I get back to my guest, I just want to mention, I've been realized I've been remiss um, in mentioning the fact that uh, I've teamed up with a wonderful, uh, also fellow member of the EBC. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I met R.V. Robinson through the Evolutionary Business Council. Um, but I'm working with Charmaine Hammond, who I've had on my show before a couple of times, and we're doing a show on sponsorships for podcasts. We're doing, not a show, a class on uh, sponsor, uh, ah, on sponsorships for podcasts and how to make money with your podcast. So if you or someone you know has their own podcast, has not yet monetized it, and is trying to figure out this whole world of sponsorships and stuff, um, there is a link, uh, links.talkradio.nyc slash make money with your podcast tickets. And you can get a ticket to the class and, and read about it. But we're going to be covering all kinds of topics, how to get, you know, sponsorship ready, um, different strategies for monetizing your podcast, strategies for, for getting sponsors. And Charmaine has been doing this for years. She's gotten sponsors for events and movies and all kinds of things. And, you know, I've been doing this <laughs> this world of online talk radio and podcasts for 11 years now. Um, so it's, it's going to be a really great uh, jam-packed class uh, with information. So getting back to RV. Uh, the last, you know, since, since like the year 2000, the, the speaker industry as an industry has changed a lot. Now, speaking is like a wonderful way to really grow yourself, regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur or a professional, whether you work for others or work for yourself. It, it really is like a wonderful way to develop yourself, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, but the way things have been in the past over the years have, have shifted and changed. I'm just curious, like, what are the big trends that have shifted over the last 17 years that you've noticed pre-pandemic? And then we'll talk about post-pandemic. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, there's a, a lot more uh, people that speak for free. So that kind of uh, shifted the paid speaking market and arena. But I would want to talk more about audiences, how audiences have changed, which forces us as speakers to change and to keep up. So back in the 70s, Sam, I mean, mm-hmm. more, a lot of speakers and trainers, they were just lectures. Right. They lectured people, they bored people, uh, even, you know, athletes and things like that. I mean, that was they 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 were just boring and and they were called lectures. And then in the 80s, it changed because audiences said, you know, we're tired of lectures. We're tired of being spoken at. We want more of a presentation. Right. So then we started to see speakers do more of a presentation type of approach where they were bigger than life. Mm-hmm. more Shakespearean. They were running all over the, the room and the stage. And then audiences said, you know, we don't want that. That's not authentic. We don't want that. Mm-hmm. So then 10 years later, again, another decade, it shifted again. <coughs> Excuse me. And that was to more of a conversation. So then we started to see people talk about speaking from the heart. The only problem is, is a lot of speakers thought that that meant they didn't have to rehearse or they didn't have to stay on time and they could ramble. So then the audiences go, we don't want that. So then with the decade that we left and and I'll tell you, the pandemic quickly, it was time to leave, but the pandemic quickly got us out of there. And that was the 
<clears throat> that was the experiential stage. And that's mm-hmm. where for the last decade, we kept, we see people high five, right? And uh, right. again, T. Harbecker uh, is known to bring that to the yeah. speaking world, but high fives and all this touching and touching um, each other and all the massages and all this. So it's more of an experiential. People wanted to be part of it. And it's still around today. But the problem is, is now that we shifted a year ago into the virtual world, we -hmm. cannot do high fives and we cannot have that physical touch. So Mm -hmm. now we've gone into the era of what I call, this is what I call it, naked authenticity, naked Mm -hmm. authenticity, which means to be real. Be who you are. Audiences are craving to know who are you, Sam? And do I want to work with you for what you believe in, what you stand for? And we've come out of eras of being politically correct and Mm -hmm. people just kind of whitewashing everything. Audiences don't want that. They're not going to buy that anymore. They want you to be real. Now, that doesn't and and vulnerable. But that doesn't mean, you know, we want you to go back into your skeletons in the closet. We don't want that. We want to know who you are today. So, you know, if you're a man or woman of faith, we want to hear it. We want to know it. Don't be afraid to share it because the people that are men or women of faith are going to resonate with you and attract, be attracted to you. Now, for me, I love dogs. Oh, my God, Sam, (laughs) I am over the moon about dogs. And I always let everybody know that. And so at the breaks, I will get people that show me in live events, show me their dog pictures, or they send me their pictures in email or chats or whatever. So for me, the hierarchy, and I tell everybody this, it's God, my husband, and dogs. And, <laughs> right? and sometimes it's it's God, dogs, and my husband. When he's in the doghouse, yeah, yeah. Right. When he's in the doghouse. So don't be afraid to share who you really are and what you believe in and what your core values are, especially in this virtual world. That's the only way we can connect because we don't have the physical touch. And people that just sit there and become a talking head, they don't do anything. And as far as reaching out, you've got to pretend like you're reaching through that computer to the person next to you and you're touching them with your words and you're touching them emotionally. And again, it may not feel safe in the beginning, but if you learn how to do it, if you get trained, see so many speakers don't get trained. They do what I did. They step on stage. They think just because they can flap their job, that that makes them a speaker. There is so much to learn about speaking, especially virtual speaking. And so I would advise anybody, take some classes, get, you know, get, uh, you know, sharpen that saw, like Stephen Covey would say, and learn how to get out there and reach people speaking out of the box when you're in the box. And that's how you want to emotionally connect and be and have and be nakedly authentic and and one of the things that i'm hearing you say is like not to be afraid to to tell your truth even if you think it's going to turn some people off because it will turn the right people on and so if you are, are are if you have a certain belief you don't want to hide it but you want to speak it out so that other people who maybe have that same belief, that same reference frame, like those are the people who are your tribe. Those are the people who you're going to connect with. And they're going to be the ones who are drawn to you. Exactly right. Bingo. Jackpot. Skyhawk. I just wanted to ask you before the break, um, how has the TED talk 
changed the speaking business or has it? Has it had an impact on the speaking business? I believe absolutely it has because what it's done, what I see it's done is it shortened our talks, mm, right? To right. 18, and I've seen some as short as 12, 13, yep. 14, 15, up, up to 18. So it has shortened our talks. And you know what? That's okay because we no longer have to speak for an hour or 30 minutes to get our point across or to share our story. So that's the biggest impact that I've found that TED Talks have done is shorten the normal talk, um, you know, the everyday business talk as well. And that's okay. That's a good thing, especially in this virtual world. Right, right. Because people's attention span aren't is not necessarily what it used to be. So if you become more skilled at getting your point across with in, in a short amount of time with less words, you're active, actually more effective, more efficient, and, and you can actually have more impact that way. Absolutely. And again, TED Talks, besides time, TED Talks is all about storytelling. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it forces you to learn how to be a better storyteller, and which again, is part of speaking. When we talk about learning all the aspects you shared earlier about speaking, storytelling is a big part of that. And you have to learn how to be a great storyteller. And most people just aren't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of joke with people that it's just in my DNA being Jewish, because you know, Jewish people love to tell stories. They're yeah. always t- everything is a story when you're Jewish. <laughs> and the story gets bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it changes over time. Like my yeah. wife, my wife pokes me every now and then when I tell a story about something we did, they're like, that's not the way it happened. I'm like, Shh, it's a good story. It's a good story. <laughs> All right. It, it, time for us to take, believe it or not, our last break. This show is just flying by. I, I could speak with you for hours. Absolutely. Yeah. So when we come back, um, let's. T- I want to touch upon the topic of presence and the mm-hmm. importance of presence when you're speaking. And then let's talk about your book, Speak Up, Get Clients. Okay? Okay. Sounds great. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We we do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc and all across Facebook Live. And we're on all the podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Google. We're now on Pandora. That's a new one. iHeartRadio. Um, everywhere. So Amazon Music. So anywhere, any podcast platform you're used to listening to, just do a search for the Conscious Consultant Hour and you will find us there. And we will be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. 
This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been talking this hour with R.V. Robinson, master speaker, trainer, and author of Speak Up, Get Client. So, R.V., after all this time of speaking, what got you to decide to write a book? I love that. What a great question. Actually, it took me nine years to write this book. Nine years because I'm a speaker, not a writer. So I've done probably over 750 events during this time. But to sit myself down and to write this book was pretty challenging. When I first gave the draft to uh, my book coach, he said, oh, that that looks like a bunch of articles strung together. And I was like, oh, my God. But, you know, there are two chapters in this book that wouldn't have been there had I done it years ago. And those two chapters, one of them is uh, on leadership, speaking uh, as a leader. And the second one is the biggest lie in speaking, the biggest lie in speaking, which wouldn't have been there uh, again otherwise. But I just want to, because our, our topic is feeling safe, I, I just want to read a tiny bit. Um, And that is one of my chapters is about eliminating the fear of speaking and feeling safe when you step on stage. And we've all heard that acronym fear is for, um, you know, false evidence appearing real. But here's a different one. Here's what I feel the fear stands for. Fear is fatal expectations, fatal, meaning it could stop you, fatal expectations, altering reality. Right. You think something is in your mind. You think something's going to happen. You're going to forget what you're going to say or whatever. And it alters your reality. So you never step on stage. Right. And of course, that's happened to me. So my chapter starts out like this. My worst nightmare came true 10 minutes into my first speech. My mind went blank. I fumbled with my notes. 300 people stared back at me. Seconds felt like minutes. Right. So it can happen to all of us if we are not trained. But the way you feel safe with public speaking, one, get trained two, you want to prepare and practice your speech for one hour for every two minutes of speech. So that means a 30 minute. Yeah, that's the key. The 30 minute talk you are going to rehearse and practice for 50. 
15 hours. Now you can step on stage. You've become the script. You don't need any notes or even outline. You know it. It's in your core and you're free. So that if uh, something comes in your mind that you, you you need to share a story that you weren't planning on sharing, you can do it without losing your place without going to your notes. So that is key for everyone. That's how you get, feel safe on stage, getting trained and then rehearsing enough so that you can have that confidence. Plus people that write out their speech, I mean, that's a big no-no in my book. When I teach Mm -hmm. people, they become a prisoner of their own words. They want to sell it so eloquently like they wrote it. And guess what? Writing is different than speaking. And speaking is different than writing. Do not write out your speech. This is not a book you're writing. It's a speech. Gotcha. It's so interesting because I can relate a lot of what you're saying to when I did my TEDx talk back in 2016. And I wanted to do a TEDx talk and a friend of mine introduced me to someone who was putting on the first TEDx Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. And, and all I had was my radio show as reels. Like I didn't really show him anything, but I showed, I sent him a bunch of interviews I had done. Right. He liked me. I came in, spoke with him and, and I got approved. And I practiced because I was really nervous about doing this because I really want to do a good job. And so I had a friend who was an actor and he helped me and I practiced over and over and over again. I don't know if I've practiced an hour per two minutes, maybe not quite that much, but I had my slides that were just pictures. There's no words on the slide, just pictures. And that helped to guide me along. But I practice enough that when I got up to do my talk, no notes. Good. And, and, and I just did it. And I just used the slides to remind me of like, okay, this is what comes after that. Good. But the thing that shocked me was the other of the other TEDx presenters, with the exception of maybe two or three of them, and this was like a whole day of presenters, everyone was like had notes. Everyone had their thing up on the podium and they were like, look down, look up, look. And oh. I'm like, this is TEDx. Like, this is TED. How can you not right. like have your talk memorized or at least know your main points known enough that you you are, are good with it? Right. Let me give you the million dollar secret of how you can remember. Yes, you still need to practice. But what I teach my students and what I love are acronyms. So if you create an acronym for your speech, let's say it's love, or let's say for me, I have one called needs, then you can remember because then that, you know, right? You know, so for every letter, it represents something. So that's a way that it can jiggle your mind and bring you back and go, oh, yeah, Lee, L and Leeds is for leverage, leverage. Okay. And then you just talk about leverage and the E is for expert and A is for audience or whatever it might be for you. So that's what I teach my students to use. And I'll tell you, it makes all the difference in the world uh, because some people can think linear one, two, three, four, five, but why, why not spice it up a little bit and use an acting? Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Next time I have to give a, a, a speech in public, I'm, I'm going to use that. Uh, we just got a couple of minutes left. And I just want to ask you about the importance of presence when you're giving a talk, because I've noticed over the years that the people who I feel are the best presenters and speakers are the ones who somehow just feel more present to the room. Yes. Well, the way to get more present, again, it's all about getting trained so you get that confidence that you're doing the right thing at the right time and then rehearsing. 
rehearsing. They were present because they've got the, the, you know, the script behind them. They are it. So they don't have to worry about it. So now they can just be, be with you and be focused. It, it, those people you think, oh, well, they didn't rehearse at all. The very ones that are the most present are probably the ones that have rehearsed and practiced enough. Or maybe they didn't practice for that particular talk. Maybe they're like me, where they have 30 years experience, and you just kind of review and think and meditate, and then you, you, know, you have it. So again, you don't have to practice 15 hours for every talk or for years to come, although you might want to uh, brush up a little bit and brush up, especially if you're selling and closing. And I've seen a lot of the top speakers, they are rehearsing um, even up to the minute that they go on. So don't, don't let that professionalism fool you. But again, being present, the more you know your topic, the more you know your speech, the better trained you are, the more you're, you're going to be able to be present because you're not going to be thinking about what if I forget what I'm going to say or how do I look? or whatever you're thinking about your message now this is my mantra that i want to share and i know our time is almost up remember this you have a message to share that only you can share to people that can only hear it from you and that message will save someone's business save someone's life or even save their soul now when you get your arms and your head and everything around that that's your duty to step on stage and provide a solution for the many people that are out there suffering. They can only hear it from you. So right. that's why you need to get trained. You need to practice and you need to be present. Right. And I think that the one thing that you said that I feel is so important, I just want to emphasize it is that when you're just getting started and when you're just learning about it, it takes a lot of practice. You're going to do it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. But but after you've been doing it for years and years and years, then because you've had so much experience, because you've had so right. much practice delivering, that then you don't necessarily have to practice quite as much as you did in the beginning. Right. But that doesn't mean you don't practice at all. Perfect. Correct. <laughs> gotcha. So, RV, if, if people want to learn more about you, work with you, get in touch with you, how do they find you online? Well, uh, thank you. They can, uh, you know, always, you know, I have a website and, web and presence with my name, rvrobinson.com. And that is A-R-V-E-E, -E, uh, not R and a V, it's A-R-V-E-E. -E. But, you know, I'm on all social media, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, come and find me there. You could Google me. I'm all over Google. Um, but yes, reach out to me. And I would love to have a conversation, love to uh, just see where you are and where you want to go in your own speaking journey wonderful wonderful rv and your book again it's speak up get clients it's available yes. on all the major major yes. bookstores and amazon and amazon and you can get it on amazon kindle um yeah and i'll and, and if, sign it for you <laughs> ah, and 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 if you go to the um detail page on our website when we post this show on the website it'll be in the show notes it'll be in the description we have a link right to the the listing on amazon so highly recommend it rv thank you so much for coming on the show today i know you have a lot going on you're very busy i really do appreciate you coming uh, on my show today i appreciate being with you and just hanging out with you for this hour i really do yeah. really appreciate it thank you thank you and of course Thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in today. Things are a little quiet on the Facebook Live today, but no worries. 
please, if, if you learned something from this, if it inspired you, the show inspired you in some way, please share it with your friends. Don't keep us the best kept secret around. Uh, we love when we get the word out there and, and more people get to know about us. So thank you. Remember next week when we do our show right before us, the premiere of Dismantle Racism with Dr. TLC, Tara Link curry and she's uh, going to be interviewing another ebc member uh dr anita sanchez um two powerful women i'm very joyful that uh dr tara lynn is is coming on to the network and there are more ebc really so many great people in the ebc we even have a couple of more uh ebc people who will be joining the network in the next couple of months so you watch us talkradio.nyc is growing and expanding a lot so so keep in touch thank you for tuning in uh don't forget to Tonight, 7 o'clock, Graham Dobbin and his show, The Mind Behind Leadership. We will talk to you next week. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin.
Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 